It's the season of Lent. So Ash Wednesday was last week. Uh, We are going through the seven letters to the seven churches in the book of Revelation, as we talked about through this season of Lent. But I want to just talk a little bit about what is Lent, right? It's a weird weird concept for many of us, for many other people. I I talked to someone last week who, uh, they grew up Catholic, and so they practiced Lent all the time, but they never knew what it was and why they did it, right? And so that might be maybe your experience with it, or maybe it's somewhere in between that. And so Lent is a season that historically, it's not something commanded in scripture, right? Uh, But historically, the early church started implementing this early on where they would have the season of 40 days of fasting and prayer and giving leading up to Easter. And the reason they did this, in fact, uh, the early church, they would only really baptize once a year. Uh, Parts of the early church did this on Easter. And so they would use this 40-day Lent season as kind of like a a way to prepare people who are coming into the faith, right? Um, I don't believe that's the only way you can baptize people, right? We we don't believe that. Uh, You see like Philip and this guy who's uh, an Ethiopian, they're they're walking along the road and they end up having a conversation and he's like, what's preventing me from being baptized right now, right? And so, but I I think there is something beautiful and unique about stepping into a tradition and a rhythm that the church has practiced for centuries. And probably the last hundred years or so, the modern Western church has really tried to break away from as much tradition as possible. And then now it seems like there's this kind of resurgence coming back to it because we realized we threw the baby out with the bathwater. There were a lot of things that tradition became stale on and they lost the meaning and the heart and the original intention behind. And they just became ritual and routine and you were just going through the motions. And that part, we rightly said, yeah, let's not do that, right? But there were also, at the beginning of those, some well-intended, some good practices for us. And I believe these three things are good practices for us, fasting, praying, and giving. And so we're just inviting you. This is not something we command our whole church to do together, uh, but we're inviting everyone into this season with us and to talk real briefly about what those might look like for you. With fasting, my introduction to fasting uh, years and years ago was that I just had to like count down the minutes until I could eat a burrito, right? And that was usually, I felt bad afterwards. I was like, I should probably start with something lighter when I'm breaking a fast because my stomach was just all tied in knots. Uh, But you're just trying to make it through and it was a discipline, Right. Um, and then somewhere along the way, I started to kind of learn more about fasting and what it's for, what, it, what the heart behind it is. And oftentimes people in scripture would fast when they were facing trouble and crisis. Uh, but also there's times where you fast when that's not the case too. And fasting is, a, is an opportunity to enter into the reality that we are not fully satisfied yet. That we are waiting still for the, the feast at the banquet table of the kingdom to come. And so when you start to get hungry, you, you think of that and it turns you to prayer. Fasting without prayer, you're just starving yourselves, right? Uh, but it turns you to pray and it turns you to ask for God to show up and to meet your needs. But it also turns you to a prayer of adoration. God, I'm so thankful that one day I will get to feast with you. And so that's what the, I wanna invite us into that kind of fast. Uh, also, it doesn't have to be a food fast. So my family, we're just fasting from sugar all 40 days. And every Sunday, traditionally, the church would then take a little mini break and have like a mini Easter celebration on Sunday. So on Sundays, we're having a little bit of sugar. We're trying not to go overboard. Um, and it gives us something to look forward to. But we're saying that's an unhealthy rhythm in our family. And so really what I want us to think about with fasting is replacing unhealthy rhythms 
that maybe get in the way of you and Jesus and replacing them with healthier rhythms and practices that will draw you closer to Jesus. So one that I'm doing personally is in the morning, uh, I often, my alarm clock is my phone. And so I, first thing I touch is my cell phone. And then what I do after I turn off the alarm clock, usually fall asleep, but if I stay awake, I start scrolling through notifications I got on my phone, right? So what I have started doing throughout this season is setting up the night before some coffee and a pour over and a kettle and my Bible on the counter out in the kitchen so that I have something actually to look forward to when I wake up. When my alarm goes off, I know there's something waiting for me out there and I wanna go, I wanna go and meet it instead of laying in bed for 30 minutes until my second alarm goes off, which says it's time to wake up the kids, right? Uh, That's usually what I do is just lay in bed, scroll on my phone for 30 minutes. So it's replacing that rhythm, that practice that has not been helpful in pulling me closer to Jesus with another rhythm. And if you do that for 40 days, it starts to become more of a a rhythm of life, more of a, a habit, right? So that's the fasting side. I would just invite you to pray through what is maybe the Lord calling you into for that. Uh, And then prayer, bringing that along with prayer. I did share on our app, uh, Lent Devotion Guide. We did not create it, um, but a brother of ours in LA who is part of the Soma family of churches, uh, Brad Watson, he put this Lent Guide together. It was designed for communities to go through it together weekly, but you could do it as an individual. You could do it in your home. Uh, So that's an option out there for you. What I'm gonna be doing though is taking, there's a scripture with each week. Most of them are Psalms, except for the sixth and final week, which is the prayer of Jesus on our behalf in John 17. And so I'll be sharing those scriptures each week through the app and just inviting us all every Wednesday to use those as prompts for us to pray together. And just to know that every Wednesday, our whole body is praying together through that same scripture. And then finally, giving. Um, When you are fasting and praying, it's very easy to get focused on self, right? Because as I said, you're, you're often counting down the minutes until you can start eating again. Uh, but one, one thing I started doing a, a couple times when I would fast is I would buy someone else a meal when I was fasting. And that was really hard, <laughs> but it was also a beautiful reminder to me that Jesus gave up everything, left his place on the throne in heaven so that he could nourish us and bring us into the kingdom of God. And so his giving up was to give to us. And so it was just kind of a reminder for me in that way. I wanna invite us as we're fasting and praying through this Lent season that we would actually be looking for ways we can give. But there's uh, one way that I would like all of us to pray about joining in on together. All three Missio congregations have set up a fund to help care for Eastern European churches that we are connected with through the Soma family. Uh, who are taking in right now, as we speak, Ukrainian refugees and at great cost to them. They're spending a lot of money. They're putting up their houses. They're, they're putting up money for hotels. They're opening up their business places to bring more people in because they don't have enough room for people to sleep. And they're doing it at the risk of what might happen to them for opening up their homes as well. Uh, and, but it's, it's, it's a great cost and they're in need of resources. And so Missio Day, Tempe, Mesa, Phoenix, there's a fund right now. Uh, if you give online, it's the first dropdown. When you go to drop down uh, the box and select which congregation, Ukrainian fund is right there at the top. So that's in the app or on the website when you click on give. 
If you do the old school fashioned way with a paper, writing a check still, that's great. Drop in the box, just in the memo line, write down Ukraine. If you don't know how to spell that, we'll figure it out. Do the best you can, sign it out. Uh, but drop that in there. If you are in this stage where you're like, hey, I don't even like, what are you talking about giving? You know, like I, I'm learning how to be a giver. I don't even know if like that's something I have to do. That's fine. I would encourage you as you're exploring that and you're praying about that, that this would be where you start, Okay. Uh, because Missio Phoenix, God continues to bless us and care for us. Yes, we're small. Yes, we have small resources, but we're okay. And God will continue to care for us and bless us. I want to encourage you, if you're looking at starting to give right now, would you put Ukraine in the memo line? Okay, or would you select that from your, your drop down there? If you don't have the app, you want to start giving online, look at this fancy thing we got. This is called a QR code. I don't know if you heard of this. I think in like uh, 2001, they came out with it. <laughs> uh, but I'll leave it up there for a second. You can get your phones out and try to scan that to get on our app. And on the app, there's a little give button right there. Also, the app is, like I said, where we're going to be posting uh, all the prayer prompts and everything each week. Does that all make sense? Okay, if you have any questions about Lent, about Ukraine, about the stuff I just shared, please come see me afterward. I would love to talk more through that.